Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is December 5th, 2023. One of the least pleasant aspects of winter is driving on icy roads as the snow piles up in front of you. Long experience has taught us that winter driving is possible, but it is slower with a narrower margin for error and a greater chance of sliding off the road. Similarly, if we extend the economic forecast horizon to encompass not just 2024 but also 2025, it's still possible to trace out a soft landing scenario whereby the economy keeps growing even as inflation returns to the Fed's 2% target. However, it will be slow going at best, and like driving into a worsening snowstorm, there's a rising risk of the economy sliding into recession. This is not an old expansion chronologically. The average economic expansion since World War II has lasted five years and four months. This expansion started in May of 2020, as the economy first began to recover from COVID lockdowns, and so is not yet four years old. However, it is well advanced from a labor market perspective. Indeed, this Friday's jobs report should show that November 2023 marks the 24th consecutive month in which the unemployment rate was below 4%. While low unemployment is obviously desirable, it does leave the economy struggling to find new workers to power growth. Clearly, there are very few qualified unemployed workers left to employ. Moreover, while the overall labor force participation rate at 63.3% remains below its pre-pandemic peak, This largely reflects the impact of the retirement of the baby boom. If we focus more narrowly on the participation rate for those aged 18 to 64, the October reading was the highest for any October since 2008. That being said, in a stable, full employment economy, there's always a potential for some further small increase in labor force participation. As for population growth, while the latest Census Bureau projections show an eight-tenths of a percent annual increase in the population aged 16 and older in 2024 and 2025, they only show a one-tenth of a percent gain in the population aged 18 to 64. Putting this all together suggests that if the unemployment rate stays roughly constant over the next two years at just under 4%, and the labor force participation rate edges up, total employment growth could be roughly 1% per year. Over the past year, the past 10 years, and the past 20 years, real GDP per worker has risen at a 1.2% per year rate. A continuation of that trend over the next two years would lead to real GDP growth of about 2.2%, not bad from a long-term perspective, but distinctly slower than the 3% growth seen over the past year. So from a supply perspective, slower growth looks inevitable, even if recession doesn't. Turning to demand, the key question is the behavior of consumers. Real consumer spending accounts for roughly 68% of GDP, and it has risen by a solid, although not spectacular, 2.2% over the past year. Most of the strength has been in services, with big increases in healthcare as well as leisure and hospitality, offsetting outright declines in real spending on groceries and clothing. This is indicative of a budget squeeze among lower and middle income households, a squeeze that is likely to persist into 2024 and 2025, with a resumption of student loan payments and a gradual tightening of lending standards. While the growth in credit card debt is beginning to back off following a post-pandemic surge, it is still running at close to 10% year-over-year, a pace that's clearly not sustainable. Consumer spending will also likely be restrained by other factors. New vehicle prices are still up 23% from four years ago, and that reality, combined with higher auto loan rates, 
very slow growth in the driving age population, and post-pandemic work schedule flexibility should hold light vehicle sales below their pre-pandemic peak. Home building, and particularly home buying, will be similarly constrained by weak demographics and higher mortgage rates, with knock-on impacts on sales of furniture and appliances. Overall, we expect real consumer spending to grow at a pace of between 1 and 2% over the next two years. Investment spending should also rise at only a moderate pace, with high interest rates, problems in commercial real estate, and a cautious business attitude restraining capital spending, despite AI enthusiasm. With a sluggish global economy and a still high, although falling, dollar, international trade should be a negative for demand going forward. One possible wild card is fiscal policy. We don't anticipate any major changes in government spending or taxes before the 2024 election. After the election, the focus will likely be on extending those parts of the 2017 tax cuts that are set to expire at the end of 2025, suggesting that any fiscal stimulus or fiscal drag wouldn't kick in until 2026. Rolling a forecast forward into 2025 still suggests a benign outlook for inflation. CPI inflation can be broken down into food, energy, shelter, and everything else. Food prices soared in recent years due to fiscal stimulus and disruption caused by the pandemic and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. However, these effects have now faded and, with sluggish global growth, food prices should move only modestly higher over the next two years. Futures markets are even more bearish in energy prices, predicting a gentle slide in oil prices over the next two years. For shelter, rents negotiated in the marketplace have been rising at only a 1.2% annual rate over the past six months. With very slow demographic growth, a squeeze in the budgets of lower and middle-income households, and a significant increase in the supply of new multifamily housing, we expect rents to continue to grow only very slowly. This is particularly the case since the average rent on a new lease is still significantly higher relative to disposable income than it was before the pandemic. Turning to everything else, core good prices have risen by just one-tenth of a percent over the past year. And with supply chain issues largely resolved, this could continue into 2024 and 2025. Meanwhile, a large reason for sticky core services inflation has been huge price increases in auto insurance and auto maintenance and repair. We expect these trends to fade going forward, since new light vehicle prices have been rising at a less than 1% annualized rate over the past nine months. We also don't expect a significant flow through from higher wages, as wage growth decelerated to a pace of just 4.1% year over year in October, just nine tenths of a percent above the CPI inflation rate. Tracking this forward, we expect headline CPI inflation to fall to 2.3% year-over-year by April 2024 before embarking on a slower downward path for the rest of the year and into 2025. This could allow the headline consumption deflator inflation rate to hit the Fed's long-run 2% target by the spring of 2024 before drifting slowly lower over the balance of the year and in 2025. Even with this, we expect the Fed to be slow to ease, keeping rates on hold until the June 2024 meeting and then reducing rates by a quarter of a percent uh, per quarter for as long as the economy avoids recession. So for how long can the economy avoid recession? The more obvious headwinds facing the economy, including a slow global economy, the lagged effects of higher interest rates on business spending and housing, and tighter lending standards of both business and consumer loans, don't appear so far to be enough to trigger recession. However, it's important to recognize three things about recession risks for 2024 and 2025. First, and most obviously, there is a growing cumulative risk of recession. Even if the risk of recession starting in any given quarter were low and constant, the cumulative risk of recession starting any time in the next nine quarters is obviously greater than the risk of one starting in the next five quarters. Second, the risk of a recession starting when the economy is already at full employment is greater than in earlier points in an expansion as the economy will necessarily be growing more slowly 
as it runs out of unemployed workers to reemploy. And third, while there are a few obvious excesses in the economy right now, a continued expansion would ena likely enable them to grow. This is particularly the case in areas such as consumer debt and private credit. This could also turn out to be the case for asset prices in general. There is, of course, a usual list of potential recession triggers, including a disruption to global oil supplies, conflict with China, or political instability either in the United States or around the world. However, for now, even as recession risks gradually rise, it's still possible for the surprise soft landing of 2023 to be extended into 2024 and 2025. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.